not, not accepting who I am and not accepting, um, gosh, life, who I am, uh, the reality of the moment has caused a lot of problems because then it, it becomes, I, I feel like I was a runner for a, a long time in my life, ru- just running um, rather than sitting with a moment and, and letting it be okay. Um, but I've gotten to a place, well, I got there because I mean, you can't run forever. I think you just get tired. <laughs> I've gotten to a place where now I'm just like, okay, this is, you know, this is my life. This is who I am. And I accept, I accept myself. I accept this and, and there's a lot of beauty in it. And there's a lot of joy in it. And there's, there's a lot of peace that comes from, from that. Hi, this is Danae. I'm the founder of Simple Families. Simple Families is an online community for parents who are seeking a simpler, more intentional life. In this show, we focus on minimalism with kids, positive parenting, family wellness, and decreasing the mental load. My perspectives are based in my firsthand experience raising kids, but also rooted in my PhD in child development. So you're going to hear conversations that are based in research, but more importantly, real life. Thanks for joining us. Hi there. Thanks so much for tuning in. That voice you heard in the intro is Bumi Laditan. You may also know her as the honest toddler. I have been reading Bumi's writing for many years. I'm a longtime fan. So it was a real pleasure to get to speak with her today. Bumi is an award-winning Webby-nominated writer from California who currently lives in Quebec, Canada with her family. She's contributed to the New York Times, Parenting, and the Huffington Post. Bumi is the author of several books. Her latest due out this summer. It's called Help Me God, I'm a Parent. For our chat today, I chose a handful of my favorite poems and pieces of writing from Bumi and had her tell us a little bit more about the inspiration for those pieces, and I shared a few reflections of my own. If you want the links to get in touch with Bumi or to pick up one of her books, especially her new one, you can find those links in the show notes at simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 312. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hi, Boomy. How are you? Good. How are you? It is great to chat. I'm doing well. I've been excited to talk with you. Um, I actually, it's funny, I, my podcast manager had reached out to your publisher to invite a different guest on and your publisher said, no, like she can't do it, but would you like to talk to Boomy? And my podcast manager, she's like, well, but she did suggest this other woman and she told me your name. I'm like, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> like oh. The best denial I've ever gotten. So um, I was Thank so excited because I didn't realize you had a new book coming out. Yes, I do. In, in June, June, uh, June 28th. That's exciting. Is yeah. this what does this this period of time feel like for you right before a book comes out? Oh man. So it's called Help Me God, I'm a Parent. And it's kind of like the it's off of Dear God, the book I published last year. And it's like um Dear Help Me God I'm a Parent, Poems and Prayers for Hectic Days and Endless Nights. So this time is kind of I don't know, I think I kind of check out a little bit because it, it can yeah. be really stressful, but I just focus on doing what I can. Yeah. So just doing what I can in a consistent way. And then I let yeah. that be enough. Yes. <laughs> like life. How old, how old are your kids? 
They are just 16, which I can't even wrap. 15 and 16 feel so are worlds apart. Yeah, they are. Like real grownups a, now. Oh my gosh. I'm, or so they I'm, think. I'm not okay. I, I hugged her the, <laughs> the night before she turned 16. I'm like, the last 15 hugs. She's like, okay, can I go to bed? I'm like, you're doing a lot. I'm like, but this is the last one. You don't understand. And so, so um, I'm just going to say the year after 15, I can't even say it, the year after 15, 12 and a half <laughs> and almost nine. Okay, great. So my kids yeah. are six and eight, so a little bit behind oh, you, but yes. um, I, yeah, I feel like when, do, so tell us, I guess, where you started. Was The Honest Toddler the beginning of your public writing? Were you writing before that? Yeah. So before I, I was, um, gosh, when my, my oldest was little and that's when I started kind of writing, working from home, writing from home, um, I, I was really submitting my writing to any place that would take me, any blog, any platform, writing for free. Like, just let me write, let me submit on your website. And so I'm getting lots of, of refusals, you know, <laughs> like uh, establish yourself first. I'm like, but how do you establish yourself? You know, and just yeah. like, and putting it out there. But The Honest Toddler was the first time that I, I um, had an audience, I think. Yeah. Was wait. So when you had when you were writing the honest toddler, was that about your oldest? That was about my second born. Your second. My, okay. Oh yeah, my oldest was the the kind of typical easy going first born. You know, like oh, this isn't. Why do people complain about parenting? You know, she would put right. herself to sleep, everything like that. And then my second. I've born got one was, of those too. The, second oh, child man. born to be wild. Yes, born <laughs> to be wild. Born to um. Oh, you think we're leaving the house at this time? Absolutely not. We are absolutely right. not because I am in yeah. crisis. Like <laughs> that life, that life. Yeah. It's funny. Um, my doctorate is in child development. And when I was, I had my first when I was finishing up and my faculty advisor, who obviously knew a lot about kids, she looked at my firstborn who was very chill and like easygoing and was like, you know, this is how it is. This yes. is what, this is how they guarantee a second. Yes. Right? Because like we wouldn't trick. keep procreating if that no. number two came first. It's a trick. It's <laughs> right, a trick. It is. Nature knows what it's doing. This is a trick. It's just yeah. to keep life going, you yeah. know, which is, which is what, which is what, uh, like nature wants to like exist. So I, it's just to keep life yeah. moving. And it's like, if you had the child who makes your hair fall out first, nobody would be like, okay, let's repeat that. Nobody would do that. Right. But yeah, since, gotta keep you know, us humble. Gotta keep us humble. Keep us grounded. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're from California originally. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Tell us a little bit. Did you spend all your, all your youth in California? I did. So uh, my parents are, well, we're, we're Nigerian. I was the first one in my family born in, in the U S in the West. My oldest brother was born in Nigeria. So I grew up first generation Nigerian American um, in California, <laughs> very Nigerian home. And then very like, just like different outside um, yeah. super strict um, immigrant parents life. Was there a, a large Ni- Nigerian community where you grew up or were you kind yeah, of on well, your Nigerians own there? tend to be everywhere. It's so strange. We just like go everywhere. So they're not a huge one, you know, not like um, where you might find like a big Spanish speaking community, but a, a mm-hmm. little one where we have and, and more, I would say more like an app, like a West African or African community. So we had our markets, you know, things like that, where you buy your your like yams, your dried fish, your the spices specific to the foods they make, but not, not in the way that I was seeing a lot of Nigerians every day or Nigerian kids or anything okay. like that. 
<laughs> so you were a true, is it a third culture kid? Have you heard that yes. expression? I, okay. You know, I haven't even heard that expression, but immediately when you say it, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, it's and I I don't know this, the researchers the specifics on it, but this idea that you have a different culture from your your parents essentially, yes. like this kind of hybrid culture. Yes, and it's a different culture from from the outside culture too. I will say I never felt more Nigerian when I was with Americans, but never more American than when I was with Nigerians. So uh, it's like kind yeah. of this not fitting in really yeah. in in either place. And then when I grew up and um, met other first generation kids. We, no matter where they would, were from, we had a ton in common. <laughs> so, yeah. Just Indian, that shared like, experience. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I love that. So, you lived in California and then you tell me more about what, after your youth, how did you meet your first husband and high school? And okay. High school, yes. Literally, high school sweethearts at 15, which is what I have a 16 year old. I cannot imagine. Oh, incredible, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh my like, when your kids are the age you were at certain times it's like are you oh my gosh <laughs> like what was I <laughs> yeah so yeah. but it was, it was like really really beautiful though just um being in high school like high school sweethearts and um actually his family his dad's side is Jewish and so he's raised in, in reform the reform movement and um I just fell in love with Judaism um it, even though when we eventually did marry, I didn't have to convert or anything like that. It's very um, liberal or open form of Judaism, but I just wanted to because I just fell in love with this with this people who have survived so much, but still holding on to their culture and faith and tradition, and just like continue being chased around the world. Like to this day, still so much going on, and still finding joy in, in, in their culture and beliefs. So, so I studied with a conversion coach and, and converted and I did the, the whole uh, ceremony in the synagogue and I loved it. So I'm still raising the kids <laughs> Jewish. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, so in your new book, you write the sentence that really struck me. It said, I'm aware that to many, my life may seem anything from strange to blasphemous. Can you tell us more about that? <laughs> yes. Well, because well, while I'm raising the kids Jewish, I, I do believe in Jesus too. Like I, I believe that like Jesus is like you know who who the Bible says he is, Son of God, Messiah, and everything like that. So those two beliefs are kind of like almost again growing up in this house where <laughs> there's one culture, and I'm almost on the outside of it, but have you know what I mean? So I've always kind of lived this life where I feel like I'm, gosh, I I just can't um, take like. I, I, I'm almost like on two sides of things, I feel. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I, I've always been that way for some reason, kind yeah. of fitting in, but not, not really fitting in, but it's, it's my truth. It's really what I believe. Yeah. And how is that being a public figure living oh gosh, this sort of strange, possibly blasphemous <laughs> life? Like, do you get a lot of people who want to tell you how to live aside from, you know, your parents and the typical Are people? <laughs> not a lot. Every now and then, every now and then, but not very much. I think much like my parents, people are used to me at this point. Um, my parents, <laughs> they got used to me and I think people are used to me. But for me, it's hard because I sometimes um, feel self-conscious. I, I guess I would believe like, oh, like, how is this coming off? Am I offending somebody? You know, cause, mm -hmm. you know, you, your beliefs can offend people. So am I offending somebody? Am I making someone uncomfortable? And 
so I think about that. And I think it is some of the reason why sometimes I, I have times when I go away from social media and I'm distant for a while um, because it is hard to be, to be out there and to feel so different. I've always felt very different. So, yeah. And I feel like it's, it's interesting that you say that. And I actually think it's more interesting that you said, you, you know, your fair, your parents accept you and like they, they get you now. And because when I read your work, I feel like there's just this underlying messaging of acceptance, you know, accepting the things you cannot change, accepting the reality that we have in front of us. And that, do you feel like that's been a big part of your journey, that finding acceptance and accepting your own life? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's not, not accepting who I am and not accepting, um, gosh, life, who I am, uh, the reality of the moment has caused a lot of problems because then it, it becomes, I, I feel like I was a runner for a, a long time in my life, ru- just running um, rather than sitting with a moment and, and letting it be okay. Um, but I've gotten to a place, well, I got there because I mean, you can't run forever. I think you just get tired. <laughs> I've gotten to a place where now I'm just like, okay, this is, you know, this is my life. This is who I am. And I accept I accept myself. I accept this, and and there's a lot of beauty in it, and there's a lot of joy in it, and there's there's a lot of peace that comes from from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, even though this isn't a faith based podcast, I am a Christian. I don't really talk a lot about faith based and spiritual issues on the podcast. I know that a lot of the people listening are from a variety of backgrounds. Um, but when I read your book, especially your new book, so I'm a huge fan. I love your your poetry book from 2019, Dear Mother. Um, your new book, though, every piece starts, Dear God. But when I read those, I didn't feel like it was saying, Dear Christian God. I felt very much like, you know, kind of like, Dear, insert insert the spiritual piece that feels right to you. Is that how you intended it? Well, for me, I was talking to God, like God of the Bible, God mm-hmm. of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Um, because at that point, when I wrote that book, I was just starting to come back because I left. I left all, even though I grew up in, in a Christian, I left. I, it never, I don't know why it never, res- it never touched me. Um, I think because it will also, there was a lot of kind of hard times in my family and a lot of, um, now looking back on it, I know that depression and anger go hand in hand. So there was, there was a lot of heart and poverty. My parents struggled a lot, a lot. We were on food stamps and, and, um, assisted housing, the six of us, sometimes in a two bedroom apartment, one bed, you know, it's very difficult. We struggled. And I think just the things we went through and then hearing about this God who, who loves everybody. Um, but then why can't we afford Thanksgiving, you know? And then also mm-hmm. we lived in a, in a very, um, in, in assisted housing, but it, the way it was, it was very close to, um, in, in Northern California, in, uh, very close to a city, Mill Valley. So I went to high school with a lot of rich kids being a very poor kid. Mm-hmm. And cause it was just the high school where, where it was a mix of kids. Um, and also it was very near an inner city. And so seeing that and seeing some kids do, you have these huge mansions and then, you know, we can barely afford groceries. And then hearing about this God, I just felt I couldn't take it in. I couldn't take it in. And so I left all of that. And so when I was making my way back, when I started, well, God found me. I didn't, I, he, he came to me um, about four, four or five years ago. The first thing I had to completely 
reestablish this relationship. And I, I felt like God was revealing himself to me. Um, but I was very distrusting. I, I, I was, I was holding myself and I was, it's almost like this, who are you? So when I was writing, dear God, at that point, I did believe that there was God because I know that he had saved me from things and he was, I felt his love, but I was still almost like, I was still like, I almost felt like a detective. Like, who are you? Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. know you, but can I trust you? Because I, I didn't, you know, my childhood was so hard. So can I trust you? Do you love me? What does your love look like? You know? So yeah, yeah that's probably why it feels so different from um, how, how maybe God has talked about in, in established religious circles. <laughs> We're going to pause for a quick two-minute word from today's sponsor. The first sponsor for today is KiwiCo. Summer adventures can turn into a lifelong love of learning, especially when the whole family shares the joy and excitement of discovery. KiwiCo delivers monthly crates of science and art projects for kids of all ages and kids at heart. They include everything you need to complete each project, so you can bring it wherever summer takes you. Each crate is seriously fun exploration of science, technology, engineering, math, or art. My kids recently completed the oil and chemistry box, which my daughter loved so much that I found she hid the oil and water and food coloring in her bedroom for a little late night science rendezvous. But if you haven't tried KiwiCo, definitely check it out. Pack summer full of memorable discoveries with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with the code SIMPLE at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at KIWICO.com, promo code SIMPLE. Our second sponsor today is HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. If you're going away this summer, update your delivery address and enjoy HelloFresh at your vacation destination with just a click. We've done this several times with Airbnbs and it has made eating on vacation easier and healthier. So go to hellofresh.com simple16 and use the code simple16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Simple16 and use the code Simple16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. You're going to get foolproof step-by-step recipes to make a more joyful cooking experience and a stress-free summer. Okay, maybe I should be realistic and say lower stress summer. Thanks so much for supporting our sponsors. Back to my chat with Boomi. Actually, I pulled out a few of my favorite pieces um, from both of the my favorite books of yours, and um, I wanted to read a few and just hear your reflections on them, um, and maybe share a few of the, my own and what they've meant to me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so the first, I'll, I'll start with probably my favorite. Um, it's it's taken many years, but I think I finally love you enough to let you be you. Oh gosh. It's almost like, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, you have to allow for discovery, I guess, rather than mm-hmm. projecting your needs and your, and your, your biases on them. And so that yeah. was a very, as a moment where I think I had, I felt enough safety to be like, okay, I'm going to let you be you. It, it feels safe enough for that. Yeah. 
How about as a mother? Do you feel like that's been a struggle, letting your kids be themselves? Yes, it has been for me. (laughs) For me too. Um, It is. Oh, man. It is because, you know, oh, when, when they're babies, you just have this baby mommy relationship. It's almost mm-hmm. like they're, they're, they're like, especially when they're attached literally to your body, nursing, they're an extension of you in a certain mm-hmm. way. And then they're, and then it becomes, okay, they need you. They still need you a ton, but they're walking and you have this role where you're helping them and you're being there for them. And you're, you're this mama bird, come under my wing. And then as they grow and they grow, sometimes they grow in unsavory ways. Sometimes they slap you in the face, you know, in a grocery store at 5 PM in front of aisles of people. <laughs> Um, or sometimes they're just exhibiting a behavior that triggers you in some way, um, because of something unresolved in you, or sometimes they're, they're going in a direction that that's, that's just unknown. You don't understand and, and feel scary. Oh, that's yes. It it is. It has been hard. The, the, the the letting go and prayer has been a big part of how I, how I manage that. And sometimes I feel God's telling me just the thing he tells me, look, just calm, like calm quiet. It's okay. Say yeah. less, say less. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I feel like in those early years, we, we build up these expectations and these idealizations yes. of what our, what parenthood's going to be like, what our kids are going to be like. And then mm. it never turns out that way. It's not, so, it's yeah. not, it's, oh, it's so different. It's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's hard, you know, but, it, but it is beautiful. And the pictures that we have in our mind of I'm going to be this mom, you know, wearing flowy skirts, but I'm also going to have this business and it's going to be so easy. I'm going to come home and, and like make this rotisserie chicken meal, (laughs) you know, just like this idea of, I don't even know where we gather all these bits and pieces from Laura Ingalls Wilder from like super Mm -hmm. moms, flower crowns and all flower crowns. We're going to be at the park every afternoon. And I'm going to take a conference call while they nap, you know, it's going to be so perfect like that. Right. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And then it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're actually reading your novel um, for our, in, in the Simple Families community, we have a little book club and we're reading your novel, um, Confessions of a Domestic Failure. Is oh. that the name of it? We're just, <laughs> yeah. we're just about to start it, but I'm really excited because oh I feel goodness. like it speaks to all of those things you just said. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so honored by that. Oh, that book. I, I wrote that book, um, writing it from what I wish I'd had to read as a first time mom, just like sitting on the floor with your baby on one of those endless afternoons, you know, those afternoons Mm -hmm. that just with a baby, you know, the baby, it's like, you're lonely, but you're not alone. Like, and And you're bored, but you're afraid to admit that you're bored. You're you're so bored, but you have to, you're, but you're also in this, like what they call it is soak it up. Everyone's like, soak it up. It passes so fast. Soak it up. You're so bored. And now it's like, who, who even am I? And I wrote that book just wishing I'd had something to read that made me feel okay with that time. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I haven't read it yet, but that's that's oh. on my, my next to read list. Oh, man. Um, so, okay. So moving on to the next quote that I pulled from yours, you wrote, the world doesn't deserve you, child, but it needs you. Shine, burn it down, build something better. I just... So often, gosh, as a mom, you know, you look at the world and she's like, what did I bring my kid into? Yeah. Especially now. I mean, come on, the things that we've been through, the things that we've survived um, over the past couple of years and even looking forward now is scary. Like, it's not like we've come out and like, oh, yay, let's all hold hands. Even things that are happening with shortages and, and all of that and strife everywhere and 
And there are things that kids just go through it in school and home. And I sometimes I'm like, but I know at the same time that they're here for a reason. They're they're here for a reason. This reason is bigger than than even the relationship with with me and their family. They have a purpose. And at the end of the day, you know, with kind of everything in parenting, I just want each of these kids to to go out and just like burn it down, like in a in the good way, yeah. you know, just like just take all of that light that's inside of them and just like let it just erupt and let it change the the environment around them, the little world they live in, maybe even the bigger world and just do beautiful and loving and kind things and just bring kindness and sweetness and their uniqueness out there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's so much fear around what is going to come of the next generation. Yes. And that uh, with the impact of, you know, this ever changing world, Yes. And, but I, I mean, I also feel hopeful, right? Me do you, too. having a, a older than 15 year old, <laughs> how do you feel? Do you feel hopeful about the next generation? Oh, I do. You know, people have a lot to say about teenagers and, you know, just that general, oh, teenagers, like, you know, yeah. get off my lawn, you know, thing we all grew yeah. up with, but they are so lovely. <laughs> they really are. I mean, gosh, I think they're better than us. I just think they keep getting better. They're so yeah kind and yes I, I think you know I think it's more of the preteen to go through this me, little like mean mean you know where they have these little like fights you know they call them shikans here and they little like scuffles but um like th- as they grow I'm just seeing these teenagers and yes you know they're people I don't want to romanticize idealize but I just they're so sensitive to to each other and like the, they know a lot too and their bso meter is just through the roof like you can't yeah. pretend with them. So I do feel a lot of hope. I, I do worry about them too, because they have been through so much and they've seen so much. And I worry that they feel disenfranchised or that they're inheriting something broken, you know, but yeah. at the same time, they, they, they just are so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when I was a teenager, I was just kind of blind to the world around me. I was very self-absorbed, but I feel like this generation, especially the teenagers now are not, I feel like they're very tuned into the world around them. They are. I don't know if it's like, I guess it's the internet probably. Mm-hmm. They, they really know what's going on. They know that um, they're not even digesting news in the same way. We watched the news and took it. Okay, that's the truth. Every, you know, everything's the truth. And they're just dissecting things and they're researching things there. And they're, gosh, and they're, they know about mental health issues. They just know a lot and, and they're aware of a lot. And I think it's a double-edged sword. I, I, I worry, you know, do they, do they miss out? Because we really lived in these this bubble we did when we were yeah. as teens and they they live in a completely different mental emotional spiritual landscape but I think they're doing okay yeah yeah and I feel like there's hope that every year it's going to get a little better now that yes. we're hopefully on the other side of the pandemic and yes and the teenagers who I think have suffered I don't know maybe oh. more than most in their inability to socialize and and to spread their wings Yes. which they should be doing at this time. So yes. hopeful. Me too. I'm hopeful too. Yeah. So here's another one. Dear God, I wasn't there when you gave her that attitude, that spice, that fight. I know it was for a good reason. There are battles she'll need these weapons to win. But in the meantime, help. <laughs> yes. Oh 
when I wrote that, I was writing it about my, my second born, but really it applies to all of them because they yeah. all have, every child has something that like just grates, you know, like you yeah. know, that, 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 that pushes up against you, that yeah. push up against you thing where it's like, okay, I, I gave birth to you, but you're fighting me. Like whether it's physically because you have a toddler or mentally or emotionally, it gets to a point where your kid is fighting you and you're just like, I want to love you. I, I'm here to help you. <laughs> like yeah. we're not. And, and what, Oh man. And what I just feel like what I, God has really spoken to me and what we've all learned, um, no matter what your beliefs are, they need that. They, they, you know how, um, how I, I've heard it said that a baby bird, when they're kind of pecking out of the, the shell that they need to do that action as part of like strengthening and like, you know, circulatory whatever it's part of it and sometimes they're pecking through the shell of our our mental reserves and but they need they need to do they need to be strong strengthen themselves and they need that spice (laughs) even though it burns our tongues it burns our tongues but it's but it's the safe place the safe place to explore it it is because we love them we love them it's hard to hold space for the these spicy kids, though, right? The ones oh. that are really spicy, but also you know that that spice is going to serve them well. Oh, you know it. The extra spicy yeah. ones, the extra spicy flavor. You know, no one's going to be leading them off anywhere, and they're not. They're not going to be led. They're going to be the ones in the front of the line, being like, "Okay, everybody, you know, fall in line mm-hmm. here. I'm in charge." Yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing. It's yeah. And I think we suffer from this kind of the grass is always greener phenomena as parents where it's like you wish you had a kid that would just listen and just get in line and do what they're supposed to do. And then when you have that kid, they're like, I wish I had a kid that just would just step outside the box and take more risks. And (laughs) right. Like it's always like, there's, I feel like that yearning and um, yeah, it's just kind of that acceptance of they're all going to have their place in the world. Yes, they are. Because each I, I have both of those. And for one, I'm saying, come on, you gotta you gotta try this. You gotta it's not gonna it's not gonna just just try to, you know, um, how can I help you feel safe? And for the other one, I'm like, can you please look before you leave? Like you know, <laughs> I, I need you to just not dive into things. So it's it's just please think about things before you do so it's like yeah. you're having the different conversations with each one. It's like you know, please try to live and the other one, please just try to keep yourself alive to the other one and so either way you're you're having a hard conversation well and you're balancing it co-parenting with your now ex-husband right yes can you speak at all to that to anyone out there that is on that journey where they're trying to figure out the co-parenting relationship any words of wisdom oh man I would say one it gets a lot easier if you're in the beginning stages of that where emotions are like running hot and you're like (laughs) you know trying to figure out this new life from ashes of, of your dreams. You know, it's, it's very hard there. Have grace for yourself, have grace for, for, for your kids, grace for just everything. Order as many pizzas as take. You don't need, you know, um, life happens. It really does. Let go of, of any guilt. Life just happens. Um, I, the second thing is that it, it, it gets, easier as you make the kids the the focus and the priority um and I know we have to work on ourselves of course and then heal in the backgrounds but as the focus like becomes okay what do the kids need um I don't know it just it, it 
it really just takes the sting, I mean, I think, out of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's been so many years, and we did meet at 15, so we're kind of like siblings. <laughs> like we have, we just un, we don't, we just understand each other really well, and you know, he's my family no matter what. He's always gonna be my my family, and gosh, I, I'm I'm grateful. I'm just really grateful that through all of this, we we can have that, that kind of relationship. I know it's different for each person. It depends. I know sometimes mm-hmm. there's abuse or substance abuse, things like that. So it's different for everybody. Um, but rebuilding, rebuilding your, your support system is important too. So finding people that can come in and be your family where it feels like there are holes is important. Mm-hmm. So do what yes. you can. Big hugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the last, the last quote that I'm going to have you speak to is, is it even dinner if nobody poops? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know why I related to that so much. It's like just when everything is going the yes. way you feel like it should be in the storybook or on the Instagram posts, like then yes. somebody poops. Somebody poops. Yes. We're finally, so, oh my gosh. It just like brings me back. Cause we're finally like out of, my youngest is almost yeah. nice. So we're finally like out of that but it's funny now now it's like okay I'm making dinner and like someone's like I'm gonna take a shower I'm just like are you kidding me like I, right. I'm I just put dinner and then you want to take a shower so it's always gonna be something if it's not it's gonna be something right but oh my gosh I just like brought me back to those days it's like you're at the table you're hungry you're hungry too imagine that you have physical needs you're hungry and then you've got to go help somebody <laughs> if, right. if you haven't if you haven't helped a child in the bathroom with food in like you're chewing and you're like trying to swallow and you're just like and you got to go back to the table and try to like main like bring back that appetite it's 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 really I mean <laughs> honestly this is harassment this is harassment mother right. harassment we need to we somebody needs to be charged this is not right <laughs> but right. it's what it is it's, it's not right I'm here to tell people that this is not right but it's happening to us right it's happening their bodies just know. They're like, oh, new food. Let's get rid of the old one. Okay, you, mother, you're going to come. We're doing this together. Right, right now. I need you in here immediately. <laughs> and you sit back to the meatloaf and you're just like, <laughs> I mean, I'm hungry enough to eat, you know, but it could have been better. Like it could have. Right. <laughs> Hence the um, subtitle of Dear Mother, Poems on the Hot Mess of Motherhood. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's so mad. It's, it's a beautiful mess, but it is so just. It's wild. It's completely yeah. wild. <laughs> so what do you think is next for you? You've got this new book yes. coming out. Anything else in the works? Oh, yes. Um, okay. So I'm, gosh, I'm always writing, even though it's like mom version of author. For me, it's like writing in like the edges of the, like the quarters of these day, the days. And sometimes I'm just too like frazzled to write. But I really want to, um, I have some children's books um, on my mind. I really want to write books for, for kids on the spectrum um kids um ADHD um I I know that life very well and I just uh, so I have some books that I that I'm thinking about (laughs) also I'm working on a book called um the Samaritan woman's diary um about the Samaritan woman and just kind of imagining her life before um because I know how it feels to come out of brokenness um (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and and how you know how it can kind of change how you well, it does change how you view yourself, view the world, view yourself in the world. So is that a novel? Writing. It is. How exciting. It is. Oh, I'm so excited about that one. 
Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's been great chatting with you. It's been amazing talking to you. Thank you for having me here. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want the links to get in touch with Boomi or to pick up one of her books, go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 312. As always, thanks for tuning in. And I ask you, please kindly take a minute and leave a rating or review for this show. That helps the show to reach more people. I appreciate you. Have a good one.